Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Instagram under at Are You Ready to Read with four eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Instagram under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast, we will expand your TBR. To get updates on our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked and like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us get our podcast out there. Rachel, welcome to episode 19. Episode 19. It's been 19 episodes. I know we're one away from 20, which is just insane to me. We've been doing this since around Christmas time, I believe, right? Yeah, I think like a week before Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember when I asked you. (laughs) So Rachel and I met met on Instagram through our bookstagrams. Um, Don't know exactly when we started following each other. It was probably like one of those, you know follow trains or something i yeah i don't know well i think i might have found you in a follow train and i think we we started talking because i like i told you that the perfect marriage by oh, Geneva yeah. rose was good when actually oh, yeah. you actually changed my mind about it and i was like no that it's was so bad so funny and that's something that like happens all the time with me is um it's been happening a, a lot recently too i'll read a book you know and i'll have an opinion someone else have a different opinion And it'll kind of, they won't like completely change my opinion because, you know, I did read this book and that was how I felt, but they will like influence little bits of things. And I like that about book clubs. You know, I like how we can go to our book club completely like either hating a book or loving a book and then hear, you know, someone else's input like, well, this is why I liked it. And you're like, oh, I guess that was a positive. Or someone's like, well, this part there was this big plot hole and there was this and I'm like, oh man, I totally overlooked that. Okay. (laughs) And that's kind of what happened with the book Rachel's talking about that we met on. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was so cheesy. It had dumb plot holes. That ending I will never, ever forget. And Rachel had commented on my post and I think it was, she said something like, oh, I rated this three stars or, you know, like it wasn't too bad. And then we just started talking about it. And by the end of our conversation, she's like, she's like, oh yeah, this is like a one star now. She's like, I think you even changed your rating on Goodreads. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the best part about reading, you know? Because if you're just sitting here reading these books alone, like you have really no one to talk to. Even if you do post reviews and people read them, like I love to talk to people about books. That's why I'm always trying to force Rachel to read books I'm reading (laughs) because I want to talk about it, you know, because it's literally an experience. Yeah, I love seeing other people's reviews on books that I've read because sometimes they'll they'll have read the book through like a different lens than I did. So I'll see oh, totally. their perspective on it, even if it's like a better rating or like a worse rating than what I gave it. But like I'll see their perspective and be like, huh, I never thought about that. It's so interesting, it's right? So that like cool. you can read the same book but have completely different takeaways from it. Exactly. It's so much fun. It blows my mind. (laughs) It literally blows my mind that I will go online, like either five-star or one-star book, like because three-star books, whatever. But I'll have read a five-star book or a one-star book and I'll get online and I'll see the completely opposing views and I'll just I'll just be like I cannot believe you got that from that. You know, like for example, one of my favorite books of all time that I rated five stars. I go, I go just for fun and look at like the one star reviews and I'm like, how did you take that away from that? You know, like <laughs> how or the opposite, you know, I'll read a one star book and I'll see five star reviews and I'll be like, where, where was this magic coming from that apparently made you love this book? You know what I mean? Right, right. So reviews are fun to read when you get on. Okay, so your process for reading books, like mm-hmm. pre pre reading a book. Do you do like what I do and look at the synopsis and read like a few of the reviews or do you like what do you do? Well, it's funny because I barely read the synopsis. I usually go into books like not really knowing what they're about or knowing very little about what they're about. So how do you know to pick that book then if you don't know what it's about? Because I, you know, throw (laughs) books on my TBR because I like saw a good synopsis or saw like a read a good book and then there was someone that recommended like one like it so how do you know if you don't really read the synopsis like how do you know what you're about to read or like 
How did it get on your TBR? Well, usually I find them floating around Instagram. I will also scroll through the like the trending books on Goodreads and like I think it's the section called like what Goodreads members are reading this week or something like that. Yeah, I have a love hate with that. I'll do that. I mean, recently it's been like all the same stuff. So like I I haven't been looking at that. I mostly get them from Instagram. I take recommendations from you. Um, most of my TBR is also like book of the month and aardvark picks and, um, books that we read in our book club. Once in a while, I'll be scrolling through Goodreads and I'll skim the synopsis and I'll be like, okay, from my skimming, like it seems like I'd like it. And I'd also like look at how many five star and four star reviews it has to see if it is even worth it. Okay. So you basically know kind of what the book's gonna be about but not like too much detail right yeah I I, like I never know like the full synopsis I know like the first sentence of it (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so I so kind of I kind of skim the synopsis as well but I usually scroll down to the Goodreads I think it's like hashtags Goodreads has or like tags or whatever at the bottom oh yeah yeah. And it tells you like what categories this book has been shelved under. And <laughs> I will look and make sure there's none of my triggers. And like my <laughs> triggers, for example, are like young adult, fantasy, paranormal, you know, stuff like that. So if I see that in it, then, you know, I, I won't put it on my TBR. I like a lot. of <laughs> I don't know what I was doing on March 28th of 2020. But like 90% of my TBR was all added on that one date. So I must have been like really bored that day just <laughs> well you know march 28th 2020 was like a week into the pandemic so you were probably bored out of your mind (laughs) i know it's just so funny to me like i'm going through my tbr because i'm trying to knock that down you know like that's my that's every reader's goal but that's my goal is to knock that tbr down because there's so many new books that it's, it's so hard to do that you know you get distracted like a puppy i was going down my tbr from the oldest books and i'm like Dude, I feel like I've read so many books, but I'm still on March 28th and I'm scrolling. I'm like page two, page three, page four, still March 28th. I'm like, wow, I added so many books to my TBR on March 28th. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand. But I'm I'm under a thousand now. Yeah, I saw that earlier. I went to look at your list. So for our book club, we are working on choosing June books. And I, I jokingly threw in our Facebook chat, we should all pick a book off of Ariel's 1000 plus book TBR. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so I was like looking through your TBR and I was like, maybe I can help her out and have at least one pick from her TBR. <laughs> so it's funny, before I opened my bookstagram, and when I kind of was just like free willy nilling it, with life and just reading, picking up whatever, and just throwing, I guess, tons of stuff on my TBR. I didn't really look into, I kind of did what you did. And I would just like scroll and see like, oh, this looks good. Or I like the cover, you know, weird stuff like that. As I'm going through my TBR now, if it's on my TBR, I will read the synopsis because there were a lot of books that I added that I didn't like do a double check of and see if they're, you know, I know myself now, you know, I know my reading taste now and I know I'm not going to like this. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to like this. So I can take it off my TBR. And every time I do, I feel like, like magic. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, speaking of our TBR, this week, Rachel and I were, well, we attempted and I think we did pretty good. I'd give us like a C, C plus, B minus for effort. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We attempted to read our ARCs, which is our advanced reader copies that we got. I I got all of mine from NetGalley. I think you got all yours from NetGalley as well, right? Yep. We attempted to read our advanced reader copies. Now, I only had three, and I got to two of them. I'm going to start the next one, or I'm going to start the last one very soon. Rachel's already, like, hyped it up a lot, so I'm super excited. But I got to two of them, so I'm pretty happy about that. But since, you know, we didn't really get to that many of them, we kind of just are going to do an episode of what we read this week and if we liked it or not. So... Why don't we start with what we're currently reading? What are you currently reading, Rachel? Well, I'm currently reading one of my arcs, 
It is Dark Corners by Megan Golden. I'm so excited for this one. Oh, it's so good so far. I'm almost halfway through, but this is the second, it's the second book of The Night Swim, I guess you could say. It's technically like Rachel Crawl number two, which is the main character in the book, but it's really good so far. It's still following Rachel doing her podcasting. So for backstory, if you have not read The Night Swim, Rachel Crawl is the main character and she is a podcaster. She has a true crime podcast. It's pretty popular. And she basically travels around and does her own research for her show. So this book is still following that same aspect where she's going and investigating this case on her own, even though law enforcement in this book is more present than the first book. And this book is also different from The Night Swim in the sense where it has three point of views. So it has three points of view. It has... Wait, 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 wait. The first one didn't have multiple points of view. I thought it did. It did, but it didn't have three, I don't think. Okay, because I do remember the podcast having its own and then Rachel and then maybe someone else. There was that girl. Yes, yes, yes. So this one has three points of view in addition to the podcast part. So there's like four different points of view, I guess you could say, to keep track of, which I'm enjoying. I think it adds another layer to the story that was sort of missing in The Night Swim because I only gave The Night Swim four stars just because I thought it was missing something and I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. But now that I'm reading Dark Corners, I'm like, maybe it was another point of view. But it's really good. So far, it's just following Rachel investigating this case like sort of alongside the FBI down in Florida um, about a potential serial killer on the loose or a serial killer who is like currently behind bars but they don't know he's a serial killer it, it's crazy but it's so good and I can't put it down I'm about halfway through and I mean it does have pretty mixed reviews on Goodreads right now and it has a 4.08 star rating though which isn't bad like that's pretty good but a lot of people are saying like Rachel Crawl isn't the same as she was in the first book and there's just a little bit of like discrepancy with her character but I'm not finding that so far so we'll see as I keep reading but so far this is looking like an arc that I'm finally going to finish. I DNF most of my arcs from NetGalley. <laughs> what rating are you sitting at? Right now I'm still sitting at a four star rating like I was with The Night Swim. So pretty good. It, it could go up or down from here though. Hopefully it goes up. It's 352 pages long. It is a thriller, mystery, adult suspense novel. I'm finding this to be pretty, I'd say it's like a medium paced book. I wouldn't say it's fast paced, but the chapters are on the shorter side, so it sort of makes it feel faster paced to me. You know me, I love short chapters, but it's good. Like I am liking it so far. And I think if you liked The Night Swim, like if you read The Night Swim and you liked it, I think you would really like this one too. In the words of Rachel, I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for me too. And it's another arc. So yeah, I know another arc. I'm so excited that I'm finally getting another one down because at my net galley shelf, I have like five or six just sitting there still that I'm trying to work through. You got this. I know. I got this. I got this. I just got to like remind myself to read them before they're archived. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's my, <laughs> that's the hardest part for me too. You know, it's like, it sits there and then you're like, oh my gosh, this book. And then you see, oh, it's so bad when you're like scrolling through Instagram and you see it. Someone else post it and you're like, oh, oh no, has this been published? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, I'm behind. Yep. Uh, all the time. Because the publishers want you to, the publishers want you to read it before the published or before the published date so that it gets, it creates that like hype, you know, that's the whole yeah. point of NetGalley. Yeah. When you get a book and then you read it and you read it too late or something, they, they kind of like frown frown on it. They don't like slap you on your wrist or anything, but you know, they kind of frown on it. Maybe they take notes and like in the future when you request a book from them, they'll be like, no, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I don't know how the backside of NetGalley works. I, yeah, you know, I don't really know. I know it varies on the publisher. Yes. So I guess it just depends. But anyway, Ariel... What are you currently reading? Oh my gosh. <sighs> I am currently reading a book that has been sitting on my shelf for like forever. <laughs> it is so good. I am loving it so much. It's it's pretty much almost 
almost an aerial book. Like it's it's almost there. It's super deep, lots of character building. Um, it's a historical fiction. It's uh got a lot of like think like a lot of thinking. It's like a book. I always like think of these genre because I don't want to say like historical fiction, women's fiction, like. Mm-hmm. It's like a book club book, you know? It's one of those books that makes you, like, think. Ooh, makes you, it has a lot of discussion. Love that. So it's called The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. And if you have heard that name before, it's because Kristen Hanna also wrote uh, The Nightingale. Oh, my gosh. She's written so many books. The Great Alone, which is one of my 12 by 12s that I'm going to be reading soon, which I'm excited for. But this is The Four Winds. So first off, I just want to say beautiful cover. It's a black background with, like, a field of wheat and maybe like wheat flowing up into the sky. I am loving it so far. It did take me like a little bit to get into because Kristen Hanna's writing is excellent. First off, I just want to say that, but she includes so much detail, which is not bad. How she does it is good. Other authors, you know, um, too much detail, you know, but Kristen Hanna does it perfectly. Right now I'm about 70% done with the book. It's mostly told from this woman named Elsa's point of view. I can't say who the other POV is because they don't get introduced till later, but it's mostly told from Elsa's point of view. It starts off in the early 20s, 1921 in Texas, and the Great War just won, so everyone's all, you know, excited and optimistic, but Elsa's going through a lot because in her family, she's not loved. You know, she's the third sister. She has a bunch of health problems. She's ugly compared to her other sisters you know she's just her parents don't talk to her they hate like they kind of like hate her they don't treat her bad they just kind of like she's the you know woman that's left in the attic and forgotten about so she one day she goes out and she meets meets this boy then basically you know something happens and she has to marry him (laughs) now obviously you know what that is but that's okay because it happens right away so she has to marry this man and she doesn't even know this guy. So it kind of is a little bit of that. And then all of a sudden fast forward and we're in the 1930s and the Dust Bowl happens, which in Texas, this was a huge problem for all the farmers. Years and years of droughts, no rain, tons of uh, dust storms, and it just completely demolished and ruined these farmers. And not only that, but we have the Great Depression as well. So Elsa is now trying to get through her life with her marriage that's, you know, obviously not good. And her farm is dying. She's just fighting to keep her children alive. She does what every mother would do in the situation and she tries to do the make the best of what they have. And this novel is it's showing how harsh it was to live during those times and I had no idea. I mean like I knew about like I knew about the Great Depression. I knew about all that, you know, but to hear it from this point of view of someone that was in the Texas during the Dust Bowl who came to California, you know, because that's the second part of the book, who came out to California trying to make something of herself, how hard life was for them and what they had to go through. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Every time I read a historical fiction novel, especially set in America, I'm just so shocked at like what our country's gone through. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's such a good book. It's, it's very pulls at your heartstrings, but it's also written so excellently that I am just tearing through the pages. I started it yesterday and I'm already at like 300 and something pages. So like that, oh wow, you know, that tells you, and it's not fast paced at all by any means. It's a very slow book, but it's not like a slow, it doesn't feel slow to me. It has 454 pages in the hardcover version. Like I said, the genres are, you know, historical fiction and I guess book club fiction. I'm enjoying it so far right now. It's sitting at a 4.5, maybe even a five star at this point, but we'll see, you know, I don't like to give five stars so quick into a book unless it's like already amazing. And this book is great. Yeah. So it's like at a 4.5 for me right now. Mid chapters, they're not too short, not too long. Some are short, some are long, you know, it's, it's, a mix up. But yeah, I'm really liking it. And that's The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. I'm very excited to get to that one. I put it on hold at my library today. So fingers crossed it comes in in time for me to read it for book club. I think it will. Yay. It came out like a year ago, I think too. I know, so it but should... so many people have it checked out. It's a good book. That's why. I know. But... <laughs> 
So going down our list, what books did you read this week? At the beginning of last week, I was finishing up Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. That's funny because me too. Yeah, so I really loved it. I ended up giving it five stars. It was probably one of the easiest five-star reads that I've had in a very long time. Like, I was like, if I could give this, like, infinite stars, I would. But I do have to say it still was not as mind-blowing as Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. But it was still good, and it was still a (laughs) five-star read. Ariel and I are still searching for a book that's as good as Seven Husbands. So... Oh, 100%. If you you know of a book that's as good as that book, let us know, because we cannot find it. See, and this is funny because we were talking about this earlier. So Adelaide, you said five stars, infinity stars, you loved it. I had a hard time with it. You know, I didn't hate it. I I mean, I ended up rating it four stars. So obviously I didn't hate it, but I just don't, I don't know. I think that the, I'm not the biggest fan of weak female characters. And although I know that was the whole point of the story, there was just a lot of things that the character did that I didn't agree with and wouldn't have done myself. And I have a really hard time separating that in books, you know, like about the halfway mark. Cause it was like sitting at a three for me, three stars. Like I was like, okay, I'm having to like, I'm looking at this book and like not wanting to pick it up, but also kind of wanting to pick it up. But about the halfway mark, it started to pick up for me a little bit more. So I added a star. Also, I did like the one thing this book did that most other books don't do. And that was including the bad guys point of view which I put that in you know air quotes because you know you don't it's just that's what he's in the beginning (laughs) you know like they tell you that yeah I mean yeah I mean I I'd say it's the bad guys point of view (laughs) and it's weird because it makes you is it sympathize or empathize it makes you like sympathize for him a little bit I think so and it makes the story more whole in my opinion it does it like it gives some much needed backstory into these characters I think I think so too how their relationship unfolded because if his point of view wouldn't have been in this story I feel like it would it would have been a three star for me for sure because including his point of view definitely like I said just made the book it encompassed it encompassed every part and it made me really see both like both sides of the story which you know you don't really get often Genevieve Wheeler the author could have made this whole book just Adelaide's point of view and it would have been I feel like it would have been really draggy for me, you know? I also feel that way. Even though I gave it five stars, I think if we just had Adelaide's point of view, I think some of it wouldn't make enough sense. And I think I would be grasping for some like connection as to how Adelaide, like how she's like feeling and thinking. Yeah. Well, and another thing that I did like about this is that Genevieve Wheeler did mental health really well. She did. She She didn't make... Adelaide out to be like this crazy like she didn't make she didn't use stereotypical mental health problems what she did is she created this character Adelaide who has these mental health problems but you slowly see her decline you know Mm -hmm. like you're slowly seeing her so because basically the book I know we haven't even said what it's about but (laughs) but basically the book is about this woman named Adelaide who's an American living in London and she meets this man who's like the one right but he has a lot of red flags basically you know he's not doesn't respond to texts doesn't respond at all sometimes like you know she finds out some things about him so that's it's basically her journey through this Adelaide's journey through this like tumultuous relationship so what I liked about the portrayal of the mental health is that it started off where you saw Adelaide as this like fun good, you know, good girl that loved her life a little bit, you know, you could tell she had some underrooted depression from, you know, past childhood stuff, things that had happened, but it wasn't strong. But then she met Rory and things started happening and you started seeing Adelaide's mental health decline, little things here and there. And so, you know, I did really like that the author portrayed it that way instead of just like, you know, making her out to be like crazy one day. You know what I mean? Yes. And I also think it was really interesting reading the story too, because I feel like in most, in most books, the female main character meets a guy and it's like, 
portrayed as like, oh my God, her life is so much better. But in Adelaide, when Adelaide meets the boy, like you can you can tell that she's not doing so well. Yeah, the red flags are apparent. Yeah, like I just thought it was super interesting how it went that route instead of the other way where Adelaide is like, oh my God, I'm head over heels in love. Like my life is so great because there's this guy that loves me so much. And there was parts like that. There was, but it mostly, I feel like it was, it was like a roller coaster for her. It was like, Very wow, he's so, so great. And then he's like, oh, maybe he's not so great. And then it just kept going like that. And it was it was just so interesting. I like that part too. The fact that it was a roller coaster because, you know, that is so true with real life mm-hmm. romances. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all glitter and ponies when you're with someone and then something bad happens, you know? There's ups and downs. There's good and bad. Like, uh, my, like I'm sure your relationship, like my marriage, like there's going to be ups and downs. Nobody's perfect. So to accurately portray that in a book I like that as well because there was arguments and then there was good times and then there was bad times and so it's like seeing that you really see why Adelaide hung on for so long because and and why so many people do as well especially even if they're in like abusive relationships and stuff you know you hang on because you want that good you know you're chasing that high but then that low hits and you know it's it's hard so the author did such a good job at that and I'm still shocked it was a debut me too the writing was beautiful oh like I could just I could rave about the writing all day long like there I had zero complaints with it this is technically billed as a romance fiction Um, But I would say it's more of a contemporary fiction with the side of romance. Yeah, I would not say this is a romance novel. Yeah, it's 304 pages in the hardcover. It was published in about a month ago. And like I said, I sat at four. I ended up giving it four stars. And Rachel gave it five. I don't remember if the chapters were really long or if they were short. Yeah, I, I would say I would say they were long. They weren't like Karen Slaughter long chapters, but <laughs> they, they were kind of long. And then I would say personally that the book was slow to medium paced. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I found it to be fast paced, but I was super invested in it. So it, I guess it just depends on how invested you are in a book. That's true. And that was Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. What was the next book you read? The next book that I read was, well, I sort of read this book. I got to 70% and then I DNF'd it. I did not finish it. It is The Game She Plays by Sienna Sterling. This was another one of my arcs from NetGalley. And I really, 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 really wanted to like it because it actually didn't have horrible reviews. It started off strong to me. It started off with the main character Nicola's point of view. And again, it's like basically the same thing. She's an American living in England, except this book takes place in 1980s England. Don't really know why the author decided to choose 1980 in Britain because like this isn't uh, like historical fiction-y type of book. This is a mystery. It's a thriller, which again, I'm also kind of like, how is this like even, even a book? Because I did not understand what was happening with the plot. So this book is supposed to be about this group of super like snobby, rich English friends. And they're going for a shooting weekend, which in England they go and they shoot pheasants. During that weekend, like something happens and somebody, there's an accident, but nobody dies. Like it just keeps going on this way. Like something super minuscule will happen and then like nothing will come of it. I'm, I was like sitting at like 50% and I think, and I was like, well, is anything going to ever happen that's of significance? Because really the only thing happening was that one of the snobby characters kept like gaslighting her friends and like pretending like she's like, oh no, like I told you it was at this time. And then the friend was like, no, you didn't. And the girl's like, yeah, I did. Like she just kept going on like that. And like, I was like, really? I don't even know how to explain my feelings towards this book because pretty much like nothing happened. It was a book of nothingness. 
And it was like billed as being a mystery and a thriller. But the entire time, I'm like, I'm not intrigued. I'm not like, okay, well, like, what's going to happen next? Like, ooh, this is so mysterious. She's she's gaslighting her friend. Like, ooh, I need to know more. It's it just like I was not having it because nothing was happening. It was like pretty boring in my opinion. And then finally at 70% in, I said, I'm not finishing this because it seems like nothing is going to happen. I really wanted to like it, and I was very upset that I had to DNF it. It has a 3.6 rating on Goodreads, though, and I really don't know how, because I looked at some other reviews, and they were like, wow, this is another great book from Sienna Sterling, and I'm like, but what happens? Nothing's happening. You know what? I bet everything happens in the last 20% that you didn't get to. <laughs> well, I hate books like that, and I know we've read books like that before, Oh, yeah. And it's so incredibly frustrating because I'm sitting there the whole time. And then like the thing that finally does happen is like so stupid. It's so incredibly dumb. But this one, nothing was happening at all. And I'm sure if I like sat it out for the last 30%, something probably would have happened. But it probably wouldn't have been worth my time anyway. That was The Game She Plays by Sienna Sterling. It is um, 384 pages. So I sat through 70% of 384 pages with nothing happening. Yeah, it's expected to be published June 6th of this year. Maybe when it comes out, I'll give it another chance and see if anything is different from what I read in the arc. But I don't know. What was your next book, Ariel? I hope you didn't DNF it. <laughs> well, my next book was an ARC, but I didn't DNF it. I ended up really enjoying it. And it was really close to a five star, except for like one little thing. This was The Senator's Wife by Liv Constantine. And it is expected to come out at the end of this month on May 23rd. It is about 320 pages in hardcover. And right now on Goodreads, it's currently a giveaway book. So it's a classic thriller. It's got a lot of twists and turns. And <laughs> funny story, in the beginning, I actually had to get out a pen and paper and write down the characters because not that there's a lot but it's just confusing so I'm gonna try and not confuse you with this <laughs> but let me get out my pen and paper right <laughs> so you have Sloan and Sloan was married to a man named oh my god I forget his name get out your notes anyways so Sloan was married and these are all people that are in you know like the um DC DC philanthropist stuff. So Sloan was married to this man named Rob. And Rob had a cousin named... Oh my god, why am I forgetting these people's names? Hold on, I literally threw away this thing too. So you have Sloan. She's married to a man named Robert. Robert is cousins with a girl, a woman named Peg. Peg is married to a man named Wit. Wit and Robert are both senators, Okay. And Peg and Sloan are the, you know, wives. Like, they, Sloan runs her own charity. Peg, you know, is whatever. So, in the beginning of the book, the very, very beginning, Peg ends up killing Robert, which is, you know, her cousin, in an accident-suicide thing. Wit and Sloan end up getting married because, you know, they, I guess suffered through heartbreak together and find feelings for each other <laughs> that was weird but so that's how that you start the book that's the setup so you have Sloan and Wit who are finally starting to like move on from this big tragedy that happened right so Wit is a senator and he's you know just trying to be a senator <laughs> whatever senators do and Sloan is dealing with lupus she had recently gotten lupus well she's had lupus but she's recently gotten very sick from this lupus right so she needs to get a caretaker and because she has a hip replacement coming up just all kinds of stuff like she's got hectic schedules and she knows that getting a home health aid will you know give her the support and independence she needs post-surgery so they find the perfect fit in this woman named athena but while athena seems perfect at first Sloan starting to see like some stuff's going on, you know, all of a sudden Sloan's getting sicker and there's, she's paranoid, you know, and she's seeing like, um, okay, is Athena and my husband, like, are they flirting with each other? Like what's going on? You know, there's just so much going on, but it was so good. I absolutely love one of my favorite tropes 
was in this book. Every single character was an unreliable narrator. I had no idea what was going on. I was kept guessing till the very end. That last twist was like super mind-blowing, but <laughs> kind of looking back now, I'm like, no, actually, I didn't see it coming, so never mind. But... Yeah, so it's just not everyone is who they seem. Liv Constantine took a complex story and very a lot of unreliable narrators and had you guessing the whole time. The writing was excellent. I really liked it. You know, I, I ended up giving it four, four and a half stars. Yeah, I gave it four and a half stars. And that was The Senator's Wife by Liv Constantine. What was the next book you read? The next book that I read was Watching You by Lisa Jewell. This was for our book club. I have to say, I really liked it. I actually hybrid hybrid read this one. So I started off reading it and then I went to the audiobook version whenever I felt like my brain couldn't focus on words. And it was actually my first time reading a book like that. And I loved it. I felt like it, it helped me focus more. And at the same time, I feel like I still kept fairly good track of what was going on. I only had to flip through the physical copy when I was like, wait, what happened? But I really liked it. I gave this one four stars. On Goodreads, it has a 3.9 star rating, so pretty much the same. This takes place in a neighborhood called Melville Heights in England. It is a pretty nice neighborhood and a bunch of old money people live there, like rich people live in that area. So it's very surprising when someone is murdered. Nobody knows who did it. The book starts off with Joey's point of view. And Joey is a female. Um, it's her nickname. Her full name is Josephine. And she is living in this neighborhood with her brother, Jack, and his wife, Rebecca. And next door to them lives... Tom Fitzwilliam and his wife Nicola and he is a headmaster at one of the local schools. This book has multiple points of view as well. So we get to know the point of view of Joey, the point of view of Freddie, which is Tom Fitzwilliam's son, and we get the point of view of this girl Jenna who also lives in the neighborhood and her mom is, people think she's a little bit crazy, for lack of a better term. Her mom is convinced that Tom Fitzwilliam is like a bad man. All of these people, it's interesting to see how their lives intertwine around this Tom Fitzwilliam character. And, you know, like all this stuff happens and it keeps going back and forth between everyone's point of view and a police interview transcript. So while you're getting sort of the um, like the present day interview transcript, you're also seeing like the past points of view of what happened leading up to the murder. So it's kind of up to the reader to decide what happened and like who who could be a possible suspect in this murder. So it was a very interesting book. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like, that's pretty much all I have to say. It was interesting and I liked it. Um, it's your it's your basic mystery thriller book. And I will say it is called Watching You because there's this like creepy stalker kid and like always watching and another character is always watching everyone as well. So it does have that sort of stalkery trope to it. But it's done well. It's done in a way where I was not mad about it. And it also has the um, the student-teacher relationship trope. And that's all I will say about that because I'm not going to spoil anything. But it was really good. Like I said, I gave it four stars. And it is 320 pages in the hardcover edition. So it's not too bad. And the chapters are on the short side, which is pretty standard for a thriller novel. And very fast-paced at that. So... I liked it. And Ariel, I know you read this one as well, didn't you? Or you read it a while ago, I think. Yeah, I. it's actually funny because I started reading this book and about like 8, 9% in, I was like, this feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I'd already read it, but I did remember it was, it was pretty, it was really good. Like I ended up, what did you end up rating it? I rated it four stars. I think I probably ended up rating it the same. This was obviously when I wasn't, putting reviews or ratings on Goodreads. So I don't know. But Rachel, I just had Rachel like kind of spoil it a little bit for me. So I remembered and I, it was, yeah, I remembered it being good. Yeah, I um, I, I enjoyed the twist in this book, surprisingly. I thought it was going to be like something crazy and wild, but it actually like made sense with all of the facts that were presented to you. 
So it's definitely good. If you like thrillers, like you'd probably like this one. I was watching you by Lisa Jewell. Ariel, what else did you read this week? So the next book I read was called Silent Child by Sarah A. Denzel, and this was for our book club book. Now I have to say, I had really high hopes for this book. It was a it was a classic thriller. It was 415 pages. It was nom- a nominee for Best Mystery and Thriller back in 2017 when it was released. And I've heard a lot of good things about Sarah Denzel. Now, I still have her on my backlist authors thing, like to read more of her books. But this one just... I had a couple problems with it. The first is that it took me way too long to get into. And that's not a bad thing. Now, she writes... So she writes th- this thriller, but it's not a thriller. Like, she does, she goes very deep into the characters, which you would, you're like, oh, Ariel, you like that, you know? But in a thriller like this, I didn't want that, you know? I wanted stuff to happen. And it's 400 pages, and for the first 300 pages, kind of like it was just still building backstory, you know? Nothing was happening. The last like 100, 150 pages, I definitely was hooked and, you know, needed to know what happened, which was good. But then at the very end, again, it kind of fell flat again because the bad guy, I I just, I hated it. I hated who it was. I hated what it, you know, it was, yeah. So this book is about a woman named Emma who had a little boy named Aiden when she was young. And one day he had fell into the river and drowned. 10 years later, Emma's finally rediscovered the joy in her life. She has a new husband. She's pregnant again. And Aiden all of a sudden returns. But Aiden is too traumatized to speak. He has been under intense horrors. And, you know, he's had broken bones and injuries that you can just see, you know, even uh, sexual abuse has happened to him. And... Emma's trying to unmask the monster who took him away from her, but Aiden won't speak. So that's basically all you need to know. I ended up giving it three stars. I was sitting at two, two and a half, but I did give it three because her writing's really good. Like if this wasn't a thriller, it would have been a really good book. But because I was told it was a thriller and mystery and it had like, you know, this crazy story, I wanted something to happen and I was disappointed because nothing was happening for so long. Now, I will give her another chance, like I said, because I did like her writing. And that was The Silent Child by Sarah A. Denzel. What was your next book, Rachel? I read Frida McFadden's newest book, Ward D. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, we were supposed to hate read that. (laughs) I know, we were supposed to hate read it. Then I actually ended up liking it. But I will preface this by saying I actually did not read this through like a critiquing lens. I just like wanted a book to get like lost in and like really like not have to think about so much. So I kind of read it without without taking a look at the bigger picture of how Frida talked about and portrayed mental health patients. So I gave this book four stars and that was because this Frida that wrote this book seemed different from past Fridas. There was more character backstory in my opinion. I felt like I got to know more about the characters. The writing didn't seem as elementary to me. I've, I mean, I've seen reviews on Goodreads where like the writing sucked, but in my opinion, it was slightly better. So that's like all great points for it. The character is still your basic weak female main character that Frida likes to write. So at this point, to me, it's just like Frida's signature. Like all of her characters are going to be weak main characters. I didn't really like think too much into that. But upon thinking about it further and seeing a bunch of other reviews after this book was released, because it was just released, I have thought about it and people who are saying this are correct. Frida's portrayal of mental health patients was actually horrific. And I am mortified that I gave this book four stars because she goes on to describe mental health patients as crazy and violent oh no like that is something that I did not notice upon my first reading of it to be honest because like I said like I wasn't reading it through that sort of lens but going back and thinking about it this book definitely does not deserve four stars because of the way mental health patients were portrayed it's just like 
that part is disappointing to me because if she had done better in that aspect especially since she she's what isn't she a doctor in real life yeah i don't know what kind of doctor she is but she's definitely a doctor like i feel like as a doctor maybe she could have not used the words crazy and lunatic and violent with describing like patients who have schizophrenia in that way in my opinion so i think like because of that i would knock it down a star to three and like add that to my review because you know like sometimes you got to think about it and like reflect and then you're like hmm maybe maybe that was wrong of her and so that's what i have realized upon sitting on this having like having had like 24 hours after reading it i'm like hmm wait a second i have to say something isn't may mental health awareness month it is which is after i realized that it's kind of like a slap in the face after i realized that it was mental health awareness month and after i've seen like how other people talked about this book and they mentioned like frida's portrayal of mental health i went back and i thought about it and i was like she did use a lot of those words to describe these characters who struggle with their mental health and the main character herself even uses some phrases that are not so good with talking about mental health so i will definitely have to go back and amend my review because it's just like not accurate anymore after thinking about that because again i mean i did finish this book at like midnight so i wasn't like really thinking that hard into it but again like like we said earlier seeing like people's reviews and like sitting on a book and thinking about it you could i think you're allowed to change your review there's no rule that says you can't i don't really know what to think because on one aspect the writing was better and then on the other aspect i think about it and i'm like well i guess frida did kind of not do so well in the mental health department so it's like walking a fine line here because it's like i did enjoy reading the book but then i feel bad because like mental health was like not portrayed properly but like yeah because you can write a book about mental health and not call people crazy like even if they're in an insane asylum like right like you don't like that's just politically wrong (laughs) yeah so like that's so annoying i'm like i don't want to read it now well now i'm conflicted because i like i told the world that i gave this book four stars and now i'm like well I'm here scratching my head like I guess she did use all those words a lot. But to give context to you listeners, this book is called Ward D because that is the name of a locked psychiatric unit that the main character Amy is doing an overnight shift in for her medical school class. And while she's there, like she's talking to these patients and like weird things are going on and then all of a sudden the lights go out and then everything gets creepy and changes and she's like she's terrified the whole night wow that sounds like a (laughs) typical scary movie (laughs) yeah it really was in a book but um i do have to say i liked the twist in this book it was not your typical outlandish frida twist so like it actually made sense with what was happening so like it wasn't bad i don't like i don't want to say this book was good but at the same time i'm like it wasn't terrible it's like middle of the road yeah it was like meh like i'll probably amend my star rating to be three instead of four but i yeah like you walk a fine line like with all that stuff i don't even know what to say other than frida could she could have done better with the mental health portrayal is my whole thing was that your latest read? Uh, it was actually. That was the last book that I read. So, and it has a 4.5 star rating on Goodreads. Of course it does because we've already like been over that. She rigs that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, what was your latest read? So my latest read was another arc. This was my second of the three. And I really liked it. It was called The Revenge List by Hannah Mary McKinnon. And this book was about this woman named Frankie who just is so angry in life like she's just a super combative woman she's got major anger anger problems so she because of something finds herself in an anger management group session and the very first session the 
uh, gosh, what do you call it? Not therapist, counselor. In the very first session, the counselor says, you know, we're going to start with writing a list of all the people that we've wronged and need to forgive or people that we're angry at need to forgive. So it's supposed to be a forgiveness list, right? So Frankie starts writing this list down and it's everyone who's wronged her in some way over the years. She hates doing this exercise, but she does it. Well, all of a sudden things on the list one by one start getting hurt in freak accidents. Each one's deadlier than the last. So she spends the whole book, it's like an amateur detective kind of thing. She spends the whole book trying to figure out what's happening. Why are these people, you know, like why are these people getting hurt that are on her list that don't have nothing to do with each other, you know? And she's on her list. She's herself is on her list because she's wronged herself for something in the past. So she's freaking out because she's like, if I don't figure out who's doing this, I'm next, you know? So Hannah Mary McKinnon did such a good job of portraying Frankie and he really got into Frankie's head. And I loved that. Now it's only told from Frankie's point of view and it works because you only really need Frankie's point of view. But there's so many like side characters and stuff like that that Hannah does very well. And I loved it. It took me a little bit to get into, but once the story kind of like grew wheels, I was gripped and I was hooked. It was really good. <laughs> the ending was really good. The only reason I didn't give it five stars, and this seems to be a running theme with me, is because I didn't agree with the bad guy, who the bad guy would be in this, you know? Other people might like it. I didn't like it, but everything else was really good. That was The Revenge List by Hannah Mary McKinnon. And that was my second arc. Whoop, whoop. So we did pretty good this week. We did. We did. We uh, we actually got to some arcs. We both read some arcs. Yep. Yep. Read a couple, you know, books. We did. I think we read some book club books, books on our shelves, some arcs. Yeah, I did pretty good this week. Yeah, we. I got, you know, I got to more <laughs> books than I thought I would have. So. Right. Wow, I didn't realize I was, I had so much time to read recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to, from Monday the 1st to, what's today, the 8th, 9th, I got six books read, so that's pretty good, you know? That is good. So, our next episode is going to be AAPI Month, which is, it's May, which in the U.S. means it's AAPI Heritage Month which is dedicated to celebrating the, uh, the culture, history, and contributions of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. So we're going to try to at least read one AAPI book this week. I know there's a lot of them, a lot of new ones that are out. There's a lot that are already out, like a lot. <laughs> there's a list, a really good list on Goodreads if you wanted to look up and see and read some AAPI books as well. But we're going to try to do some of those next week. And I'm going to try and get some um, some of my books read that are on my shelf. And we will see you next week and let you know how we did. Yay. And also, I'm going to visit Ariel in almost a week. And I'm so excited. Oh gosh, yes. It's going to be so much fun. I know. Fun. So not this not this next episode, but the next next episode, we will actually be recording in person. I'm so excited. So uh, excited. Finally. It's only like, we only get like two days with each other, three days with each other, but still like, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. Yes. Uh, but that also means that like, it's like closer to my due date. Oh my God. I'm starting to get nervous. That's also so exciting, though. It's exciting, but like nerve wracking at the same time. So, <laughs> but we got this, right? We got this. So, as always, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.